Greetings, listeners. It is I, Sir Nigel Longstock, the world's foremost theatricalist, friend to man and beast alike, here to remind you that the co-main event podcast Christmas Spectacular is brought to you by Freshly. What is Freshly, you ask? Foolishly? As though you didn't know anything? Why, Freshly is the new meal delivery service that ships prepared fresh meals straight to your door. Freshly does all the prep, leaving you no shopping, no chopping, and no cleanup. All you have to do is go to Freshly.com, sign up for one of their four different meal plans, select your meals from, for the week from the rotating menu, and Freshly sends them directly to you in a refrigerated box. Then you just heat and eat. Each fresh meal is ready to go in about three minutes, so they're perfect for people who live their lives on the go. Every meal Freshly prepares is 100% all-natural, with no artificial flavors or preservatives, no refined sugars, and no gluten. On top of that, right now Freshly is offering some real savings exclusively for co-main event podcast listeners. Just go to the website Freshly.com and use the promo code MAINEVENT. That's MAINEVENT. All one word, no spaces, no capitals, don't put 69 or 420 on the end of it, just main event, and get $20 off your first order, but $20 off your second order, too. That's $40 in savings, just for you, exclusively for being a friend or acquaintance of the CME. Just go to Freshly.com today and get started. You're probably wondering why I've gathered you all here. What do you mean, gathered us here? I was asleep upstairs and I heard this racket, and I come down and I see you and Sir Nigel drunk on my couch and watching Scrooged on your laptop. This is non-alcoholic vodka, sir. See, look, the point is, listen, you guys, I've got some very exciting news. You know what we're going to do? We're going to record a special Christmas podcast. When? Right now. It's one in the morning. I know, it's exciting, right? Here, take your script. Here's yours, Chad. And one for you, Sir Nigel. Thank you, sir. Since when do we use scripts? We just sit around my kitchen table and talk. The About section on the website even says the CME is an, quote, irreverent, unscripted discussion. Yeah, but see, that's the regular CME, Chad. This is the special Christmas edition of the podcast. Matter of fact, don't even think of it as a podcast. Think of it more as a radio play. I call it an MMA Christmas Carol. Oh, Jesus Christ. Very creative title, sir. Thank you. Now see, as you'll see on your scripts, I've written parts for all of us. For instance, uh, I'm the narrator. Chad, you're Dana White. Hold on. Why do I have to be Dana White? And why does Sir Nigel have like a million parts? Because he's the theatricalist, Chad. Come on, man, we have to take full advantage of his range. You don't have the ability to inhabit a bunch of different characters. He does. Also the ability to inhabit several different characters for the purposes of male fraud. Exactly. Now, we'll begin here on page one. Chad, uh, do, you, do you want like a minute to get into character? This is fucking bullshit. My God, he's a natural. <clears throat> Sorry, I just got... <clears throat> I give you an MMA Christmas carol. Written by Ben Folks. Hold on, I got some sound effects. Hold on. Oh. You get that? You want it again? One more time. Oh my. Yeah. Feels right. It's Christmas. <clears throat> okay. 
scene one. Hold on, I have more sound effects. This is this is going really really great. Zufa headquarters. Lorenzo Fertitta was gone to begin with. There was no doubt about that. He'd sold his ownership stake and unfollowed the ring girls on Twitter and flown away on his private jet, richer than God and secure in the knowledge that he'd never have to learn how to spell Santiago Ponzinibbio. Dana White watched him go. The UFC president was alone now, on Christmas Eve, with only his hard-working independent contractors still bustling around the office. Well, Merry Christmas to you, Mr. White. Is that you, Sage Northcutt? And why are you wearing a shirt? <laughs> Good one, Mr. White, sir. I'm just cleaning up some of these interim belts that you left lying around, and then I'm headed home for the holiday. Holiday? Don't tell me you mean to take tomorrow off. Why... There's a Fight Pass event in Beirut tomorrow. One of our lightweights just pulled out hurt, and we could use your help. Don't you want to be a fucking fighter? Hey, sorry, sorry, guys. I don't mean to break up the flow here. Um, Chad, I have some notes. I'm going back to bed. No, hey, listen. Just, you know, I think you're doing a good job as Dana White. I do. But I believe you could be doing a great job if you just commit to the role a little more. And what I need from you is to see that you believe that, too. You sure that this is what you want? I'm sure. Because I'm on some Heath Ledger shit. When I dive into a role, I'm telling you, there's no guarantee I'll ever be able to climb out again. And I'm telling you, I'm willing to take that risk. And even to gamble with your life if it results in a strong performance here tonight. So you want to maybe just take it again? Take it from holiday? <clears throat> okay, you asked for a holiday? Don't tell me you mean to take tomorrow off. There's a Fight Pass event in Beirut tomorrow. One of our lightweights just pulled out hurt, and we could really use your help, kid. Don't you want to be a fucking fighter? Mm, there it is. Well, well, I do, sir, but but Mr. White, sir, it's, it's Christmas. Christmas? Bah, humbug, you goof. You're a goddamn sport killer. That's what you are. <gasps> Mr. White, sir, you don't mean that. Very well. Take your precious day off for your precious Christmas. But I expect to see you back here bright and early the next morning to count the sides of the octagon. But, sir, I already counted them. There are at least... And you'll count them again. Yes, sir. Merry Christmas, Mr. White, sir. And so the UFC president was left alone in his office on Christmas Eve. He busied himself making calls and sending texts, confirming the next morning's driveway snow delivery while playing several simultaneous hands of blackjack at an online casino. But then, outside his office door, he heard a low and mournful wailing. Boo. What's that? Who's there? Boo. Boo. <coughs> Boo. If that's you, Ariani, I already told you, forget about the singing career. It's not going to happen. Now, now, see, that seems like a low blow. Hey, stop breaking the fourth wall, goddammit. Go ahead, Sir Nigel. Dana White. L Lorenzo? Is that you? Yes, it is I, your old friend and business partner, Lorenzo Fertitta. Why are you talking like a ghost? You're not dead. I just wanted to mess with you. You were scared, though, weren't you, Tad? Okay, now what are you doing now? Oh, it's an, he's, he's Italian, though, is he not? Uh, he is of Italian descent, but he does not talk like that. Oh, well, well, how does he talk, sir? Well, not like a cartoon character of an Italian grocer. Think more like, uh, like just businessman. Can yeah. you just do like straight businessman? No, of course I've got it. Okay, great. <clears throat> Let's do it again. I just wanted to mess with you. See, you were scared though, weren't you? No, 
But what's with the chains? Ah, well, this is from a startup I'm investing in with my new venture capital firm. It's called Chains for Pains. It specializes in providing heavy-duty, industrial-strength chains to people with chronic pain disorders in order to remind them to stop being little bitches. Dude, that is a fucking great idea. God, I wish I'd thought of that. I know, right? I'm telling you, ever since I sold my ownership stake in the UFC and got out of the MMA business, life has been right on the trolley. I no longer live in fear of injury withdrawals or calls from USADA. I don't have to pretend that CM Punk is good anymore. Why, the other day I saw a headline about Conor McGregor losing his goddamn mind, just breezed right past it. Plus, I'm disgustingly rich, like even more than I already was, so I'm in the catbird seat. Fuck, that sounds awesome. But wait. Did you come to my office on Christmas Eve just to brag about that? Well, hold on for a second and I'll tell you. Give me just one more second, though, because we've got a... I'll tell you what, oh, now I almost forgot. You're going to be visited by three ghosts tonight. Huh. Okay. Seems like maybe you should have mentioned that right at the start. I know. I got distracted by the change thing and all my goddamn money. It's just such a brilliant idea. God, it really is. Fuck. Anyway, these three ghosts are going to show up, scare the shit out of you a little bit, teach you something about the true spirit of MMA and, to a lesser extent, Christmas, and then your soul will be saved or something. Is this going to take a long time? Because I'm supposed to go race go-karts with Matt Sarah at three. Ah, I almost forgot about the life of a busy executive. Glad to be out of that rat race. But seriously, you might want to pay attention to these ghosts lest you be damned for all eternity. Now I have to get going. I got a hot stone massage at 11. And then... As the old-timey businessman, who also kind of sounded like Terrence and Philip from South Park version of Lorenzo Fertitta departed, Dana White was again alone in his office, with nothing but his own thoughts, a saber-toothed tiger skull, a gold-plated AK-47 filled with drugs, some creepy Ronda Rousey art to keep him company, and then the lights flickered off. Lightning flashed. Thunder clapped. And a puff of smoke, and then... Standing before Dana White, a fearsome specimen with a hard shovel of a jaw and a rigid crew cut resting atop a scarred and weathered face. Ken Shamrock? That's right, you piece of shit. It's me. But I expressly told security never to let you in here. I gave him your picture and everything. I even had Las Vegas PD do one of those time-lapse things just so they'd know what your face would look like just in case you showed up here after a bare-knuckle boxing match against an Irish traveler and your face was all fucked up. I'm a ghost, dummy. I just sort of materialized. I'm not even the real Ken Shamrock. I'm the ghost of MMA past, and this just seemed like the most logical form to take. Oh, well, that's not so bad then. But I do also hate you almost as much as the real Ken Shamrock does. Fuck. Now come on, scumbag. Take my hand. We're going on a little trip into the past. Uh, okay, but why do I have to take your hand? Because that's how it works, idiot. Now come on, palm to palm, just like daddy likes. As soon as the UFC president touched the ghost's hand, the office around him vanished, replaced by a deep and endless darkness. Slowly, as his eyes adjusted, Dana White could just barely see the outlines of steel beams all around him, then the faintest hint of light from somewhere far down below. Finally, a familiar song wafting up through the air. No! It can't be! Pride's been dead for more than ten years! 
Did you miss the part where I said I was the ghost of MMA past? We're all the way back in 2003, you mongoloid. August 10th, 2003, to be exact. Oh god, I remember that night. It was the first night of the Pride Middleweight Grand Prix. That's right. And you brought your good buddy Chuck Liddell all the way to Japan to fight Alistair Overeem in the quarterfinal round. Do you remember that night? How excited you were watching your friend get that knockout win? I remember. He gave me his weird little pride trophy afterwards and said he'd give me the other half in November. Yes, your beloved Chuck. Look how clear-eyed he was back then. How he could talk in a voice that wasn't an incoherent mumble. And look, there you are together in the locker room after the fight. Ha! What a fucking dweeb you were back then, trying to pretend like you still had hair. Hey, I was cool. Look how skinny I was. Yeah, it must have been those boxer size classes. But shh, listen, after the fight. I'm really excited, uh, you know, we trained hard for this. I keep saying we, you know, I've invested a lot emotionally, physically, and financially and everything into this thing as, as Lorenzo, you know, and uh, we're really excited. Chuck is our, our go-to guy. He's always there. He's always solid. You know, when I was doing the commentary, people were asking me, oh, 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 oh he looks hurt, he looks hurt. If there's anybody that's going to be in the position that was in tonight, it's, I feel comfortable with Chuck. Chuck. Do you hear that? Do you hear how excited you were? How almost sort of humble? And that was at a competitor's event. That's how much you loved the sport and respected the fighters. That's how passionate you were back then. Psh, I was trying to crush pride, you goof. I thought Chuck would win the whole tournament and make him look stupid. Okay, I can see we're going to have to go back further. Go ahead. Take my hand again, dummy. Why do we have to keep holding hands? It's weird to me that this is what you're getting hung up on here. And so, reluctantly, did Dana White take the hand of the ghost who was kind of Ken Shamrock, but also not Ken Shamrock? You really didn't think that part through, did you? And zap, they are transported to a different arena. This time, one where all the junk was in English. I know this arena. It's the MGM Grand. And I know that voice, too. It's Bruce Buffer. But wait, what's he saying? Oh no, don't tell me. That's right, you fishmonger. It's UFC 40, and there I am getting ready to throw down with that punk kid Tito Ortiz. What are you talking about? Tito's like 40 years old with a neck in worse shape than your finances. Not back then he wasn't. He was fresh-faced and in his 20s and in need of a serious attitude adjustment. Right, I I remember. You got all pissed off because he used to make those t-shirts to wear in the cage after he beat up your stupid lion's den buddies? That's right, you jackanapes. He did make those t-shirts, just promoted the hell out of himself. And then I completely overreacted, and it gave the UFC its first rivalry that anybody cared about. I remember that. We sold like 100,000 pay-per-view buys for this fight and basically sold out the MGM Grand. It was the first time that we felt like we might not go totally bankrupt with this fucking thing. Yeah, except now when you tell the story of the UFC, it was all you and Lorenzo bringing it back from the brink of death with your brilliant business ideas. How easy is it to forget about stupid little Tito and his stupid fucking t-shirts that he made at the mall? Oh, he's out here kicking your ass, though. Hey, I slipped. And also, the sun was in my eyes. And and goddammit, I'm not even really Ken Shamrock, just a, a ghost assuming his form. So why is the vein in your neck bulging like that? You know what? I'm trying to show you something here, but but that's fine. You don't want to listen? I'll, t- I'll take you back. Let's see if you like the next ghost any better. Now come on, caress my hand as you interlace your fingers with mine. Well, now you're just making it weird on purpose. 
No sooner had Dana White joined his hand with the ghosts in a tender embrace than he found himself back where he started, alone in his office at UFC headquarters. What happened? Was that all a dream? Was it my Meniere's disease acting up again? Another bad trip on monster energy and muscle milk? Yeah, that's what it was. Had to be. Nothing else makes sense. And besides, what could a bunch of pussy-ass ghosts teach me about MMA? Nobody knows this business like me. No one has ever written a single fucking true word about this sport, except when they were directly transcribing things that I said. Why, the more I think about it, goddammit, I am MMA. So what could anybody else, supernatural or otherwise, possibly teach me? And no sooner had that thought occurred to him than crash! The door to the office exploded in a fragmented cloud, and as White blinked through the dust, he saw a vaguely recognizable outline standing confidently in his doorway, posed with tattooed hands on hips, and he heard the opening notes of a familiar song. Wait a minute! CM Punk? Good day to you, sir. It is I, Cum Punk. Oh, wait, hold on. Yes? What are you doing? I'm, I'm doing Cum Punk. First of all, it's CM Punk. What do you... Second of all, you're just doing the Sir Nigel voice. Well, yes. I mean, I don't think people know this CM Punk person well enough to recognize his voice. I got sir. He doesn't really have a distinctive voice. Voices are for stars, sir. Okay, well, that's an interesting thing to say after some of the places we've been together. Uh... What are we going to do here? Are you just going to do Sir Nigel for the entire thing? Well, I could do like an American version of Sir Nigel. Let's you hear know, it. Like, well, well, good day to you, sir. Uh, you know what? Actually, I kind of like that. I am the beloved wrestler CM Punk. There, nailed it. Great. See, is, I'm telling you, this is why you hire the theatricalist. All right, let's, let's go again from uh, Wait a Minute CM Punk. Wait a minute. CM Punk? Yes, it's me. Weird, right? Hold on. You are the ghost of MMA present? Well, actually, I am the interim ghost of MMA present. The real ghost is off haunting Manny Pacquiao right now, trying to get that big payday, you know? I don't understand how ghost could possibly be a paying position. Also, if you're the ghost of MMA present... Interim. Fine, interim. But if it's MMA present, why did you come in here blasting a stem song from 2004? You know, I feel like I want to ask you the same question every time I turn on a UFC event. Now, come on, enough questions. We have a, we have a magical journey to make. Fine. Why, why are you holding my hand? So that we can be transported to the, to the thing? Shamrock was fucking with you, wasn't he? God damn it. And then, without any unnecessary physical contact, the interim ghost of MMA present whisked Dana White away to another arena, this one in a strange and distant land. Where are we? Why, Uberlandia, of course. Is that the place with the talking lion and all that? See, you're thinking of Narnia. Oh, no, no, I remember. This is where Michael Jackson molested those kids. Nope, nope, see, that's the Neverland Ranch. So then this is where Archie and Jughead live. Riverdale. Look, I'll just tell you, this is Uberlandia, Brazil. There's a UFC event happening here, right now. What do you mean, now? There's no UFC event tonight. Uh, the 5,000 people gathered here in Geneseo Municipal Tancredo Neves beg to differ. Only 5,000? 
Yeah, well, it's not exactly a star-studded affair when Tiago Rosario takes on Jarrell de Lima in the main event. Hey, those guys are killers. Definitely on their way to being some of the best pound-for-pound in the world. See, that's that's funny because I just made them both up right now. God damn it. You're a wily one, CM Punk ghost. But if this is UFC fight night, why are all these people just sitting there staring at an empty cage? Where's the fight? Uh... Well, the last one ended in the first round, so the broadcast went back to the desk in Los Angeles so they could analyze the 45-second fight for the next six minutes and then some ads. And then a promo for the next pay-per-view. Then more ads. So these people will be waiting a while. I'm I'm sorry, I got bored and tuned out. What were you saying? Okay, I, I think I made my point here. Moving on. In a flash, the arena vanished, replaced by a single darkened room. What is this, a dungeon? And why does it smell like a giant sock? What are you trying to pull here, ghost? Well, this is a gym, Dana. This is where your fighters spend much of their time. Well, I think it sucks in here. This is worse than that one BDSM club Rogan took me to. And why are we even here? It's the middle of the night. There's no one training here right now. Don't be so sure. Then, as the UFC president listened, he heard a voice he recognized wafting through the dank dark room, lilting over the mildewed mats. Okay, Mr. Woodley, I went and put on a shirt like you asked. I'm ready to work out now. Please stop calling me Mr. Woodley Sage. I keep telling you it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> Whatever you say, sir. Sage and, and what's his name? The, the black guy with the welterweight belt. You mean Tyron Woodley. No, that that doesn't sound right, but it's something like that. It's Tyron Woodley. You've had several public spats with him. No, not Tyron, but it's something that sounds like that. His name will come to me in a minute. Anyway, what's he doing with Sage, my dear, sweet Sage? They're training together. They're helping each other. This is what fighters do all the time. But it's Christmas Eve. Sage told me he had to have the holiday off. I just assumed he'd spend it, I don't know, racing rented motorcycles or getting drunk and buying smart cars that he would forget about by the morning, you know, normal free time stuff. See, that's normal for you, but the point I'm trying to make is that your fighters live a very different existence, and these are two of the luckier ones. Trust me, you do not want to see what Mike Perry is doing right now. Is he writing regrettable and poorly punctuated comments on people's YouTube videos? Okay, that's a lucky guess. Okay, fine, but so what if they train hard? They're supposed to do that. They're professional athletes. Are we supposed to give NFL players extra credit for showing up to practice? You know, I'm glad you made that comparison, so I don't have to. You'll notice it's just the two of them. No coaches, because they have to pay for those out of their own pockets. Just like they pay for all the possibly tainted supplements and organic chicken breasts and chiropractors and massage therapists. And then, once they've spent all that money, if they show up to fight and their opponent gets hurt, they might get screwed anyway. Oh, boo-hoo. Do they want to be fucking fighters or not? They do! Obviously they do. Look at them. You think these two guys are hanging out in this smelly gym together on Christmas Eve because they have a bunch in common? Uh, hey, Mr. Woodley, I keep meaning to ask you, do you know who killed Mr. Tupac Shakur? Sage, man, let's just keep it about the work tonight, okay? Kevin Randleman, that's who I was thinking of. You're saying that this is a different guy? Okay, I give up. I'm taking you back, but I'm going to tell you right now, you are not going to like the ghost of MMA future. And so Dana White was hurled back into his cushy Las Vegas office, with the stink of independent contractors still clinging to his skin. 
The interim ghost's words echoed in his ears, and he trembled as he waited to see what horrors would come before this long night was through. Wait. Ken Shamrock? Again? Motherfucker! How can you be the ghost of MMA past and future? That's just lazy. Easy, scumbag. I'm not the real Ken Shamrock ghost. I'm the ghost of the Ken Shamrock replicant. What are you even saying right now? Come on, loser, I'll show you. All right, but I'm not holding your damn hand again. No, that's unnecessary. All you have to do is join me in a tender embrace and stare deeply into my eyes. What the fuck, man? Look, do you want to see the future of business? Or do you want to see it? You want to see it? The future of your business? I'll show you the future of your business, you loser. <laughs> so joined together in a caress that made it difficult to tell where one man ended and the ghost of a replicant began. The two were transported far into the future, to the year 2097. Where are we? And why is it so dark? And was that face the pain? Welcome to New Vegas. We made it just in time for the main event of UFC 5X28 JMD. Where? I can't see anything. Ah, oh, that's right. You still have the vision of a surface dweller, so it might take some time for your eyes to adjust. But trust me, it's there. Are... are we underground? Well, yeah. Humans haven't lived on the surface in decades. It was already getting pretty bad, what with the staff plague of 2022, and then the endless summer of the early 2030s. We were starting to have a real overpopulation problem until the food wars pretty much took care of that. But the good news is the UFC survived. In fact, MMA is one of the only sports left now. Well, that and mind quark, but only fucking nerds play that. Whoa, what happened to, like, fucking football and soccer and all that other crap? Think about it, scumbag. Humanity is living in a series of underground caverns. You see any big-ass fields with green grass to play on? We need sports that fit into a small space. And the more violent, the better, since it's all done by replicants now. Ah, look, we're just in time. That new Brock Lesnar-John Jones hybrid is about to take on a janitorial unit from J-Block. Jesus Christ, he literally knocked that guy's head off. And I know, I use literally wrong all the time, but this time I'm not. His head is still spinning on the mat. <laughs> yeah, fucking janitorial units. But why was this awesome Lesnar beast beating up on a janitor to begin with? Wait, is it New Year's Eve? Are we in a tunnel under Japan right now? No, see, it's a different sport now. Replicants do all the labor and stuff that humans don't want to do, but sometimes they fuck up or break down, and then they get tossed in here. Sometimes they don't fuck up and still get tossed in here, because who cares? They're only replicants, and we can make more whenever we want. But where's the crowd? All I see is the cage and... No arena. Oh, yeah. People don't actually watch this. It's mainly just a form of punishment to keep the replicants in line. Every once in a while, a sicko will wander down here to check out the violence, but mostly people don't care about replicants beating up other replicants. What's the appeal? Uh, have I mentioned that fighting is in our DNA? We get it, and we like it. Oh, we liked it when it was a real people, because it was real people we actually cared about. See, Dana, your product was never MMA or the UFC brand name. It's the fighters. It's the human drama of it that people connect with. Without that, you got nothing. So you're saying my business is ruined? No, not at all. 
Financially, the UFC thrives thanks to its government contract as a replicant deterrent and disposal system. I see. Uh, and how much do the replicants get paid? Nothing. They're replicants. They don't even eat food. So you're saying the UFC makes guaranteed money, has a free workforce that doesn't even get paid a per diem, and there are no fans or reporters bitching and complaining? Yeah, that's, that's one way to look at it, but, but Dana, what I'm telling you is that no one cares about this anymore. It's not even really a sport now. So what? It's making money, and it's bigger than soccer. Only because there is no soccer anymore. So I fucking win, is what you're saying. Damn, no. This is a bad thing. That's the point I'm trying to get across here. The joy and beauty of MMA is the people who do it, and those people are the only reason you even have a business. Christ, you, you really made me just come out and tell you the moral of the story. I can't believe this. No, I'll tell you what the moral is, you fucking goof. The UFC is number one. And humanity is living in underground tunnels. And I'll have the nicest tunnel there is with imported snow every Christmas. Oh, that reminds me. Quick, take me back to the present. Fine. I'm about ready to give up on everything anyway. And so Dana White was transported back into his office... Again, this time with a huge smile on his face, just as the sun was rising over the desert, shining down upon the wealthy and the wretches in the city of Las Vegas. And the UFC president ran to the window and flung it open and shouted down to the man handing out business cards for hookers below. You there! What day is it? Why, it's Christmas Day, sir. It's Christmas Day! I haven't missed it! I haven't missed the Christmas buffet at the Palms! God bless us every- Wait a second. This is the end? This is it? That's it. It's a masterpiece, right? It's fucking awful. He doesn't learn anything. Everyone is doomed. And he just goes on living his life like before. A Christmas miracle. Also, wouldn't Dana White be dead by the time the underground tunnel future of the UFC comes to fruition? I don't know, man. It's the future. You, you know rich guys are going to figure out a way to live forever. But in that future, would not the living come to envy the dead? Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, okay, let's go with that. That's the moral of the story. This was a bad idea. This whole thing was a mistake. I can't believe you kept me up all night doing this shit. And look, here comes the dawn, peeking over the mountains now. Friends, it's Christmas! Actually, it's the 23rd, so still a couple of days before... Merry Christmas, chums. I'm gonna go vomit now. and use the promo event go ahead and type in the code is this are we actually recording this or are we just testing still no, let's keep going. ah son of a bitch and 